remember seeing the first puck drop. Those emotions when a player scores. The cheers from the fans and the feeling when your favorite player shoots and scores. Your hockey heroes laced up their skates, taped up their sticks, and hit the ice. Remember the passion they played with. The passion you felt with every game. Win or lose. Now, you can rekindle those memories with hockey players of the past. Get insights on how they felt on and off the ice. Hear interviews from coaches, referees, and thoughts from their fans. This is the Old Time Hockey UK Podcast with your host, Ken Abbott. Hi guys, welcome to the Old Time Hockey UK podcast. Whether you're a first-timer or a long-timer, I really appreciate you being here. I'm your host, Ken Abbott, and if you're like me, and love listening to hockey memories, stories, and anecdotes from the past, then you're exactly in the right place. In today's show, I chat with former Peterborough Pirates, Whitley Warriors, Telford Tigers, Swindon Wildcats, Bracknell Bees, Basingstoke Bison, and Guildford Flames Canadian Centre, and later D-man, Wayne Reggie Crawford. In this episode, Wayne talks of how he got the nickname Reggie, being drafted by the Detroit Red Wings, how he almost played his first and only NHL game, note the word, almost, how he got into big trouble by trying to high-five an ice-skating Russian monkey, and how an altercation with a Fife Flyers fan had the Fife police knocking on the dressing room door. All this and much more. So stick around, the Wayne Crawford interview is coming right up. However, before that, could you help support the podcast and join our exclusive list of Patreon patrons that help keep the show alive? Take a look at our Patreon page at www.oldtimehockeyuk.com forward slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You'll also find some terrific reward gifts on offer in return for your support of the show. Okay, it's time. Let's buckle up, press the whoosh button, and let's go to the Wayne Crawford interview. Hi Wayne, thanks for coming on the Old Time Hockey UK podcast. Well, yes, uh, hello there, Ken, and thanks for having me on. It certainly is, uh, I fit that bill of Old Time UK hockey. (laughs) Absolutely right. Good to have you on the show. Okay, straight into my first question. Should I be calling you Reggie instead of Wayne? Yes, I do go by Reggie more than Wayne now since that name was uh, given to me in my UK travels there. So how did it come about? So it came about where it's from the movie Slapshot, Paul Newman's uh, character, obviously not of any resemblance of I looked like Paul Newman. It was just (laughs) his character name in the movie was Reggie Dunlop. Right, yeah. We were on the bus one time, had the movie Slapshot on, and David Smith... He uh, said, hey, that's you. You're, you're Reggie. I, I was kind of a player coach-ish at the time there. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, he gave me the name, started calling me Reggie, and it's stuck with me forever. And there's people now that don't know my name's Wayne. Like even back here in uh, Canada, where I am now, yeah, yeah, people uh, just know Reggie. They don't know. <laughs> they've got a, a few stories where I've been talking to people, and they've been talking about Wayne Crawford. And I go, oh, yeah, he's, well, what a dick he is, blah, blah. And not knowing, <laughs> yeah, because I'm Reggie, but the same person. So, yeah, it's an, it's, a, it's stuck, and I, I do have Reggie more than Wayne. Right. Look at my mom. My mom still calls me Wayne. Sure, yeah, as, as she would do, obviously. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Right, let's dig deep and let's go back many, many years because I see from my research that as an 18-year-old, you played with both Todd Bidner and Fred Pellini for the Toronto Marlboros. And, I mean, what's your memories of playing with those guys at that time? Well, they were uh, funny. Well, Todd became one of my uh, good friends and still is. We don't see each other as much as... Uh, but uh, still obviously in touch. And he, uh, he is how I got to Peterborough, where I started my UK tour. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we were just, uh, yeah, the young whippersnappers playing junior hockey. It was quite entertaining. We played, our home rink was the old Maple Leaf Gardens. Yeah. So we got to be around the, the NHL environment and, uh, you know, got to go to games. Uh, well, we didn't sneak in, but we were allowed to be in. And then after the first period, the usherettes would kind of see where there's empty seats and say, okay, you guys can sit there, sit there, because nobody has been in them. Right, yeah. But with Bids and uh, Freddie, yeah, just they were, uh, we became good friends at that age. Uh, yeah, and then as it turns out, full circle, we end up for years together. Uh, and I actually played with Freddie and uh, Bids for a bit uh, while in Peterborough and Guilford. That's right, yeah. Okay, so in 1980, you were drafted by the Detroit Red Wings in the sixth round, 109th overall. What do you remember about that? I mean, did you expect to be drafted? Yes and no. I mean, back in the day, so I was down there at the draft. It was in Montreal. Oh, yeah. I was at the draft with uh, Paul Coffey, who I played a lot of hockey growing up together. Obviously, uh, you know, he's a Hockey Hall of Famer. He was sure. drafted early. In the, he was the first rounder of the Edmonton Oilers. I had, was hanging out with him for the weekend. We were down there. So I had left, you know, after him. He was taken out. There was, uh, I'll never it was Ted Green, Kevin Lowe. can't remember the other play. I want to, anyway took him out and then and I was just kind of tagging along with him and then later uh I found out that I was drafted by the Detroit Red Wings uh, obviously in the later rounds but uh it was still quite exciting and then going to your first training camp and I remember oh my goodness I'm I'm here with these NHL guys that I've, <laughs> I've been watching on TV and I was so it was always it was a very uh nervous moment yeah in your first training camp cuz thinking like I'm really here with these guys it took a little bit to figure out that I was there, but sure, yeah, yeah, very, very exciting. Whether you're the first pick or the 109th or the 200th, or the 300th, you know, it's uh, it was certainly quite an achievement. I think anybody being drafted to a NHL club, I can imagine it would have really given you a hell of a buzz. Do you say you were still at the draft, or you'd left by then? Well, I had, uh, left for a bit, but we had come back. All right, okay. My agent at the time, uh, you know, they have an idea you're going to be. But it was, that's a long way down the road, but I came back, but I, it was never like it is now where even at that, that point you go down on the floor and you meet the general manager and the coach and the scouting people, you know, it's quite a. It's a massive event now, isn't it? It's huge. Back in 79, 80, it wasn't as uh, big of a event as it is now. Just for the listener, Todd Bidner was drafted next, 110th overall by the Washington Capitals, playing 12 NHL games and Fred Pellini was drafted in the eighth round, 158th overall, by the Toronto Maple Leafs, playing seven NHL games. Wayne, in Series 1, Episode 27, I interviewed Todd Bidner, and he mentioned that you had a story to tell about almost making your NHL debut. What's the story? <laughs> so I, I got called up at uh, a time that was myself, and a guy, Joe Patterson, and so we get called up, and there was a guy on the team named Paul Woods, and we were playing, it was in uh, uh, Long Island with the New York Islanders. Yeah. And um, Paul Woods had, uh, a, he had a bad groin, and if he couldn't go, I was going to play my first game. Right. So I get the, you're out in the warm-up, and uh, Woodsy, well, Paul Woods, he, everybody goes by nicknames. and sure. So anyways, he leaves the warm-up a bit early, 
So anyways, our warm-up is now over, and I'm coming in, and I see you walk by where the training room was, and Woodsy's in there, and he's laying down. He's got all his gear off, and just in his uh, shorts and a T-shirt, and he's, the trainers are working on his leg, his groin there, and doing stuff. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I am going to play my first NHL game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, and uh, our miraculous trainer must have did the magic rub, and <laughs> oh. Yeah, all of a sudden, uh, yeah, Woody came back into the room and uh, started getting his stuff on, and uh, he was in, I was out, and that was as close as I ever got. I never, uh, you know, had a couple of exhibition games, but um, yeah, it's always, uh, you know, it was a bit of a, a, not a regret, but certainly a disappointment in my career that I didn't get at least a game. Oh, absolutely, yeah, wow. Especially at a time with Detroit, they they were horrible. They were one of the worst teams in the league. Oh, yeah. They were in disarray and up everywhere, and they just kind of... But that was it. Yeah, my uh, thinking for sure here is Paul Woodsy uh, out on the table. There's no way he's going to be able to play tonight. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, he was good to go. You must have hated that trainer. And, uh, yes. (laughs) And that was it. I uh, stayed around for the week, uh, you know, practice, but never never played. No. Wow. Okay. So, okay, let's move on then. You've played many games in the AHL and IHL. And also you had nine games for Team Canada. What was that like? Yeah, that was definitely a highlight. Uh, both it was a, a highlight and a low light um, because of uh, the tour was amazing. We went on a, a, I was, I was trying to make the team for the 1988 Olympics that were in Calgary that year. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. That was the team I was with. And that was the, uh, the platform was trying to make the team for the to be in calgary for 88 yeah so when i went on i was with them uh we had a training camp in calgary then we went on to this tour it was in uh, russia finland and germany and uh yeah i had a pretty good tour but um that was when they first made a rule that they were going to bring in um you're allowed to use nhl players oh right okay and so there was and they, they had a really good team they had a i think they went to the final um i'm not sure if they i think they won the spangler cup that year which yeah. was a a big thing back then but it was a, they had a, a really good goalie and sean burke was his name and he was oh yeah he just stood on he he was uh quite quite a, a reason why they did so well but anyway you know hockey was is both fun and ruthless and we we're in the yeah flying home i was in the calgary airport and uh dave king and Guy sharon there was the coach and assistant coach told me in the airport yeah when we get to calgary uh you can get the red eye home to toronto uh you're you're no longer uh, oh, uh, needed for here. Yeah. God, you must have been gutted. Yeah, you know, you think, uh, you know, you always think you got a chance. I thought maybe would have pro- at least get back to Calgary for a bit more and maybe a few more games and, yeah. and progress. But, uh, yeah, there was uh, not just myself. I think there was uh, five or six of us that uh, seen enough of. <laughs> and uh, that was that was it. Yeah, it was a bit unfortunate. But that, that was it was a disaster Olympics for them, too. I think they were finished in eighth or something it wasn't good all right yeah and i didn't wish that on them obviously i mean not. i always want canada to do well and but uh yeah just another one of those, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I wasn't yeah <laughs> he was about to say that you've got a funny story well we were in russia we went to a kind of a circus on ice oh yeah and uh it was really incredible acrobatics on skates they actually brought out uh they had a a couple of cows uh, believe it or not didn't they weren't skating they were just kind of pushing them around <laughs> yeah. but it was part of it but anyway they there was they had they did have little chimpanzees on skates and they were good they were holding hands uh with the kind of their uh, trainer i guess and they would do things and jump over 
barriers and uh, one actually went through a hoop and stuff. Well, the actual ice stage was a, a big a round, like a circus ring, but yeah. it was ice. And we were sitting really close to the front. And the trainer had a monkey on one hand and a, uh, the monkey in the other hand and was going around. And the one monkey's hand was kind of really close to the edge of the ring and close to where we were sitting. And I was with a guy named Wayne Gruel. I said, you know what, Wayne, I'm gonna, when that monkey comes around, I'm going to high-five the monkey. <laughs> so, sure enough, the monkey comes around. I just went out. We never, I didn't touch, and I went out to touch his hand, and we never touched. But in that same second, all of a sudden, there was like the KGB, everybody was like, came around me, and I was like, <laughs> oh, what wow. the hell? Yeah, they thought I was going to grab the monkey or steal. Yeah. I don't know, but, uh, and then... Sure enough, I look straight across the ring, and on the other side, I see Dave King, our coach, sitting there. Kind of looking, I thought, oh. So <laughs> it was my high five with a monkey story uh, in Russia, but which I I didn't, but I did. I was, yeah. I would like to have. I tried, I, but yeah. it it didn't come off, and so <laughs> I tell that's I didn't make the Canadian Olympic team because I tried to high five a monkey. Uh, so it was the monkey's fault, obviously. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, moving on to 1988 then, and what made you decide to cross the Atlantic and sign for the Peterborough Pirates? Well, that was all with my good buddy, Todd Bidner. I had a feeling you'd say that. Yeah, he'd already had been over there Yeah, and called me and said, uh, hey, Wayno, you know, how do you think about, uh, you want to come over and play hockey in Great Britain? I'm like, hockey in Great Britain? Really? <laughs> so, uh, make a long story short, I went there and it was a bit of a, an adjustment yeah. as far as the hockey was just getting started and it was kind of new. But, um, you know, 13 years later when I finished, it was the, uh, I have some, you know, obviously the best hockey memories of my career are from the UK. I wouldn't have traded it for anything. So can you remember the very first time that you arrived in the UK and what were your first impressions? I certainly do. And I remember being at the rink and they were walking by everybody and they were always going, hey, you all right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. And then walking by somebody, you know, I would say hi, and they go, hey, you all right? I'm going, yeah, I don't know. Why is everybody asking me if I'm okay? I don't know, what? But that was your, hey, uh, hi, hi, how are you? Yeah. They were actually asking me, how am I doing? So the hockey was uh, obviously new. I thought, oh, boy, this is a little different as far as, you know, the, the caliber of it. But it, it, you just did it. And the fans, I remember the fans were just amazing. Like we had a small little bar in there in Peterborough and they still had the, they were called the Barmy Army. Yeah, Animal Corner. Animal Corner. Yep. Animal Corner that was uh, there forever. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the people that you met where they were just so, you know, I think that the easiest thing too, there was never any uh, language barrier. You know, I wasn't, I didn't go to Germany or some other country where you might have struggled with language. Sure. And um, the passion they had for hockey, I was taken back because i just didn't know of uh the hockey history of you know the, in great britain sure yeah so um yeah right from the get-go i was like this is this is really cool want more old-time hockey connect with ken now on twitter at old time hockey uk or on facebook forward slash old time hockey uk and visit oldtimehockeyuk.com that season, the Pirates started pretty well. The team topped the Norwich Union Cup group and went on to face cup holders, the Durham Wasps, in the English Cup final. And then the winners would meet their Scottish counterparts in the national final. 
And I bet you remember the home first leg better than the second leg in Durham. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Obviously, um, the scoreboard uh, would, would definitely be a reminder of uh, the two different games. Oh, absolutely. But that rink there, uh, the Peterborough rink, was absolutely rocking. It was jammed, you know, and it's they're right on top of you. And it was, yeah, it was as, I mean, I've always told people I've played some games over there where there was maybe a couple thousand people that sounded louder and more passion than uh, some games I played back in North America before I came over with, you know, 10,000 people. It was right. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, when we went there for the second leg, we tied the first leg. Let me recap for you. Okay. <laughs> because you were 6-1 down and came back to tie it 7-7. And I bet the roof nearly came off when you scored, you scored the game tying goal. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was loud. Because you actually scored four plus one in that game. Oh, geez. yeah, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that. But I remember, <laughs> I do remember tying, but more than the goals, I, I just, I always remember this, the, the crowd, you know, because it was sure. so loud and they were the same close, like they were right on top of the game with you. They were, yeah, it was um, very, very, uh, just, I, I, I always use the word passionate when I describe the, the fans over there. They just, um, just incredible. Sadly, in the return leg in Durham, the team crashed 17-3. I mean, obviously that must have been a huge disappointment. But what happened? You know, I, 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 wanna, I, I believe we went there with a few players short. Yeah. And then we got there, and I remember the, the, uh, there was a, like a big hole in the ice. The game was delayed and, oh, yeah. um, and just, uh, yeah, the, as, 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 as passionate as our fans were, they had a small barn up there in Durham. And uh, it, it was uh, pretty intimidating, I think, to us. And they went and we out the never... way to make it intimidating. That 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 was Durham were famous for that. And they had yes, it was, uh, and you know they just had a, you know they had a, they had a very very good hockey club there too. Not that we oh, didn't, absolutely, yeah. But I, you know their depth was they were elite with their um, their British uh, depth uh, players. Yeah, and uh, you know they weren't didn't have any slouches there. I remember Rick, uh, Rick Brabant was their big forward, and he was, I mean, he had quite a career there too. He was a an awful good player. Oh, absolute legend! Yeah. Okay, moving on again then, and that season was a mixture of ups and downs with Coach Gary Unger stepping down mid-season, and the team just missed out on the playoffs. But apart from the Norwich Union Cup, what do you remember of that particular season? Um, I remember Youngie. Yeah, I, I don't know. If it was something, I, I I don't know if it was because of uh, us the way we were playing, or he, I think it was a job that he had an offer to go back home and and coach back home. But um, I just remember, uh, you know, the introduction to hockey, uh, yeah. the uh, the British players, how it was tough for them because we didn't have a lot of ice time. Like we couldn't, we weren't on the ice every day. So the part of the developing the hockey was a bit tough at that point until it obviously it got better and better as the years went on. But um, yeah, just uh, I played with some great British guys. I mean, uh, it was Paul Heavey, we had uh, Paul Hand, Peter Smith, uh, Kenny McKee, Kenny McDonald. So we had some uh, not only good players, just great, great people, like good lads, like real good lads. And uh, yeah, it was kind of a conundrum why uh, we didn't really do as good as I thought we were as far as, you know, the personnel we had. We had we had good hockey players. I think you touched on it a little bit earlier when we were talking about uh, Durham. It's the, the Brits, the depth of Brits and the quality of Brits. Durham had a lot of high-quality Brits. And when 
with Peterborough, probably I think at that time were only five or six years old, they were still developing the youngsters coming through because obviously it takes time to do that. Yeah, time and, 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 and time on the ice, which there wasn't a lot of for uh, everybody, yeah. even ourselves. I mean, we practiced, I, I, that was a, something different too, coming over and practicing twice a week and yeah. on a, at, at night, 10, 11 o'clock at night, practicing Tuesday and a Thursday and playing on the weekend. Yeah, and expect to really do well when, obviously... I mean, you can understand it from a business point of view because public skating, ice dance and everything else has to be fitted in, but you would have thought that ice hockey would have uh, been the priority, but, you know, different people have different uh, ways of thinking. Yeah, it was... Uh, exactly. It was just where the where the hockey uh, fit into the schedule that they had for the ice uh, allocation for, yeah, other... You know, as you said, ice the ice dance, the other minor hockey, other... Uh, public skating yeah there was a lot that went into it sure yeah yeah okay let's move on to the following season and you returned to peterborough for the following season which was 1989-90 but after eight, just eight norwich union cup games you were gassed what happened yeah, ken i'm not too sure what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> um you had a new coach a new coach came in john griffith Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, the big mustache. Yeah, John Griffith. I just think it didn't. Yeah, he had some. Uh, he had a couple of players that he wanted to bring in from back home that he knew. Yeah, I think, and uh, it was just a yeah personnel change, and I, probably my not being a a good soldier for him. That was uh, a, a change to be made. I, I think is that when I went to Whitley Bay. Then that's right. Yeah. I'm oh yeah, that whole year was a yeah. Yeah, that was a write-off year. Yeah. John Griffith changed the way that uh, the style of the Pirates. He went to two import D, so obviously he kept bids, and you had to move on. That's the way I looked. That's at it right. Research, yes, anyway. that's right. Now, yeah, thanks for jogging my memory. That's that that's was no the, problem. Uh, he wanted. To, yes, <laughs> yes. As we said did, earlier, yeah. it's a long time ago. So, but yeah, as you say, you um, you moved on to join Whitley Warriors, and again, a team that was really struggling. What do you remember about your time there? Yeah, I was, um, well, I went there as a player and I really wasn't in very good shape. Uh, I didn't yeah. really, uh, you know, struggle in the ice. Alfie Miller was our coach and then they That's made a right. change. And then I, I went to just coach and uh, I, I wasn't playing. And then we just went through uh, imports of imports and it just, you know, it was just very unsettling for everybody. Again, we had a good nucleus of our, our British. Sure, yeah. Talent yeah. Was, was really good. We had the opposite where we just couldn't, uh, I had Hilton which was um, a, a great person to start with, but we just couldn't get the right mix with him and everything. And um, I think it was a total of eight imports that you had. Uh, yeah, uh, there you uh, go. So that's import merry-go-round that season. Yeah, and that's that's not a good recipe for success there. And that was it. And, I, and then now I really thought that was kind of going to be the, that was the end of it. I wasn't playing. I was just coaching and I didn't. And then I ended up uh, getting a call from Chuck uh, in Telford. That was my next question. Obviously, the season afterwards, you joined the Telford Tigers, and that was a start of five seasons there. Chuck gave you a ring, did he? Yes, and gave me, uh, you know, really injected uh, enthusiasm and, and the love for hockey, uh, the yeah. game, again over there. And that was, uh, you know, really my best, well, you know, I, I, I hate to use the word best memories of over there because of the, the longevity of, you know, five years. I think I was yeah. five. I came back for a bit again. Yeah. But um, it was truly uh, my home base for that would be if uh, I think if I had to go into a 
uh, hockey hall of fame, as they say, or whatever it is, I would wear uh, the Telford Tiger uniform or sweater or hat. Yeah. Would be my uh, your choice. Yeah, it was it was fun playing there and just was treated uh, yeah awesome. Okay, well, let's dig down a little bit into it then. And again, doing the research, I discovered that you tore ankle ligaments in one of your very first games. Can you remember that? Yes. So the Trafford tournament on a bank holiday Monday. Yeah, that's, you know, and funny enough, it was probably the, uh, my, my career, the worst injury. That injury of a, you know, a bad sprain and ligaments and everything is kind of worse than if I had broken it. I'd be back quicker if yeah. it was a break. So, yeah, I was pretty lucky, though, over my whole career uh, of being uh, injury-free as far as the main. You know, I never had any knee damage or shoulders, which are the main ones that guys oh, back absolutely. in the day had yeah. the knee surgery or shoulder surgery. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was pretty lucky, but... Uh, and that was a bit sometimes the ice conditions didn't get, weren't at the best of, and especially in that tournament we had there, yeah. you know, the ice is being uh, chewed up pretty good over a short period of time, you know, being the tournament weekend there. So that's right. Yeah. You know, you just catch a little rut and it doesn't take much to, you know, luckily it was just a, was the ankle and not a, a knee. So I think I got out of it uh, pretty good. Yeah. I think it took about four to five weeks for you to actually return to action. So. But I was just thinking, you were saying you're all revved up to go after a, a poor season the year before. And in one of your, your first games, you're bloody out again with torn ankle ligaments. It's like, oh, gosh, how unlucky is that? Yeah, it certainly wasn't uh, written up to start. But um, unfortunately, in the sport, injuries are a part of it. And Sure. Yeah, yeah. You just have to move on. Take them and move on, as you say. Yes. Sure, yeah. So later that season, you got a two-game ban for actually hitting a linesman. I mean, do you remember that? And did he deserve it? <laughs> um, well, I, I wouldn't say I hit, I hit a linesman. I, I may have uh, accidentally um, bumped into him, but I, I don't think I... <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, you can tell me the truth, Wayne, because uh, nobody's listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I mean, I, I, I didn't hit him. Maybe I... Yeah. I'm not even too sure about that. I, I thought you were going to bring up... I think that was later in my... I had a couple of... Oh, I've got those as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I certainly had a, as they did with me, I, I wouldn't say a love-hate, but I would say a love um, and a disagreement relationship <laughs> with the officiators yeah. over there. But I truly ended up being, uh, you know, kind of got to know a few of them. And, you know, and then it's a tough job trying to referee hockey and especially there. And, and I was probably more in the wrong than the right of how quick I, uh, I I did have a or I do have a bit of a quick wick. I actually noticed when I was looking at your stats because I don't know for the first was it five six seasons maybe more you were a forward and then you've moved back to to play on D but even in your forward days you put up the points you scored a lot but you also got a lot of penalty minutes as well I was thinking then well I wonder if you've got a you know a short fuse in that respect. Yes, and so some of them were, was, yeah, because of that, uh, you know, they weren't, yeah, it was, it was um, you know, instead of using energy in a positive way, sometimes I, I, it took me a little longer than others to um, use my temper to, you know, channel in the right way as, yeah, in, in, in the it, yeah. game instead of being the selfish and, um, yeah. But that's something that you, you learn with experience, I think, isn't it? Yeah, funny. It, yeah, it came, you know, and um, it was a lot longer than it should have taken. But it was <laughs> actually after 
the, the, later near the end, uh, I, I was in Basingstoke so with um, Rick Strachan. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he he straightened it out. So right. Yeah, he had a few um, words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it was uh, just something. You know, my gosh, from you know all of my sporting, like, I just it, it didn't do me uh, any favors. Let's put it that way. Is there a player you would like to hear on the show? Tell Ken now at oldtimehockeyuk.com or Facebook forward slash oldtimehockeyuk. The following season, the Tigers finished fourth in the league and made the playoffs, but failed to gain promotion. But again, there was an altercation uh, that you had with some Five Flyers fans in Kakadi. I mean, can you remember that and what happened? Oh, I remember that one very well. Okay, it was kind of because now that's is now uh, it's it's brought in the the Reggie Dunlop scenario because of in that movie yeah. when they have a big brouhaha and the police come to the dressing room. So what happened was we had an amazing. It was a two game aggregate score, yeah. and we were up in Fife, and the game was it was a great game. I think I don't know if it went to I can't remember. It was one goal. I don't think it was overtime. But anyway, it was a it was a real good thing. They they Fife had, had won in the aggregate that we're uh, the two game, and we we're down by our net, and they're uh, you know, and I it was one of the fans there, and he's just yelling, screaming, Crawford, fire, right, yeah, as they do, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, you know. So I skated around to him, and I was like, hey, it was a great game. What is your problem? It was a really good hockey game, and he spit on me. Ugh. So not in my face, spit on like onto my my jersey. Yeah. And so I dropped my glove, and so the, the boards are kind of halfway, and then I was like, oh, you know, that, oh, that's really, I won't swear on here. That was, you know, I had, <laughs> yeah. some, had some words, and then I just hit him. And then right. another guy, Dominic Hardy, was on our team, and he came flying in. So anyway, that's what happened yeah. with this altercation. So it's all, it all calms down. We, uh, we go off, and we're in the dressing room, and all of a sudden there's the... Knock on the dressing room door. Yeah, it's the Fife uh, Finest. And it went on for a little bit. Yeah, cause so they take statements of what happened. And just, yeah. You know, we get where I'm in. Then I was in Telford one day and uh, knock on the door and it's the, the Telford police. Oh, God. Yeah. And they're uh, questioning about uh, what, you know, I guess. So the end of it, though, nothing happened. There was no charges. There was, uh, you know, it was all right. But that, that's what happened. Yeah, it was just a. Uh, I, I think anybody would have that reaction to uh, being spit at. But, oh, absolutely! Uh, and I'm and I'm sure, and I know, and I know my career over there. A lot of people want to spit on me, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but most people. Are yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely disgusting when somebody does that. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know what? I mean, again, I, I, uh, the passion of the, the 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 fans, and you know, that's a little bit over the top of the of passion. And I understand that I would be a player that you hated playing against me, but if I was on your team, you would like me. Absolutely right, and yeah, that and that was right. just one of those situations. And uh, but again, um, I mean, I could go through the whole um, every team over there. The, the fan base was just they were incredible. So I I understand the the passion of the, the fight flyers, but it's unfortunate that he had to do that and uh, turn it into a little bit of a circus there. But that's what happened. There were certain things you don't do, and that is definitely one of them. Yeah. Okay, so. The next season, 92-93, was mostly forgettable, so we're moving on quickly from that. And we'll hit 93-94, because that turned out to be a trophy-winning season with the team beating the Medway Bears 11-7 over two legs to win the Autumn Trophy. And they also came league runners-up and playoff runners-up, so you must have had a pretty good team then. 
What do you remember about winning your first silverware? Yeah, that was uh, it was a, a fun year. It was a fun time. I remember uh, it fondly there. Uh, the second leg was down in uh, Medway. Yeah. Yeah, again, just, you know what, we had a really good team. We had, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, with uh, Troy Kenny was a, one of our imports then. Great player. We had, I think, David Smith. He was one of my favorite British players playing with. Oh, yeah. We had a really good mixture of the, the imports, a good base with the, the British players. Um, we had a, our my goalie, uh, Wolfie. Oh, John Wolf. John Wolf. yeah. He was a gamer. Um, he came to play, and yeah, it was just a, a, a fun time in Telford. Sure, yeah. Well, the following season, you agreed to become player coach. I mean, that must have been tough to do both roles. Yeah, I thought it would be a little bit easier than it was. I, I think I probably should have had somebody on the bench. We went over a plan as to who to play, but um, yeah, the thought process was uh, probably right, but the actual actions of it, yeah, it, it didn't work out, no. Mind you, you did have Dave Whistle and Rob Stewart as imports. They must have given you a bit of a hand. Yeah, for sure. And Dave went on to uh, be a, a real good coach and, um, and also yeah. and also Stewie. Yeah, those were two outstanding people to have uh, with you when you're trying to, uh, you know, they, they were a lot of help. They're almost like, you know, co-coaches for sure. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think it, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it, um, the game was better, was ab- above trying to do both. You know what I mean? It was, maybe you might have yeah. got away with it. When I first went there at those times, you might have been able to handle both of them similar but you know you couldn't uh you can't be half pregnant <laughs> yeah well that i either had true. to either had to be all in coaching or all in playing yeah yeah you still didn't do bad because you came second in the league and second in the team's playoff group but uh, i also researched and read that you got slammed into a goal and carried off on a stretcher with a whiplash injury but still returned to play after three days, I mean, blimey, that must have been a feat. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that was against Paisley. I, mean, I think it was the Paisley Pirates we were playing that game, I think. And it was just kind of a, yeah, you know, at the game, injuries happen, the speed of the game, and I was just going on that. And I, for say, I don't know if I was, I was hit kind of yeah. side behind. But anyway, just the way, you know, you're going to that. And I just, yeah, went right into the post. And back in the day, they were on a little higher um, peg. You know, the net sat on a, a post in the ice. Yeah. So they, they didn't give as much as they do now. Now they're just, they come off as soon as you touch them, because which right. is good. It staves a lot of uh, legs and heads and arms and guys <laughs> sure. that are going at a, quite a speed nowadays. And so at least when they, when they fly into that net, it comes off its moorings a little easier. Yeah, yeah it was uh, pretty good. Uh, it was a little bit my first kind of a neck injury. So it was just, <laughs> you're always a bit nervous when that happens. And Well, you played, so you played three days later. And it was against the Whitley Warriors. Whitley Bay. Yeah, a tough team to play against at the best of times, let alone without a bloody injury. Yes, that was a tough, tough game. I wasn't obviously not 100%, but, uh, you know, just, just felt like a sore neck. And yeah. You had to do it. You had to do the job. Just give it a, give it a go, yeah. Moving on to the summer of 95, and you decided to leave Telford after they'd appointed Gary DeVille as the team's new head coach. Was that a difficult decision to, to actually do, or were you hoping to get the head coach job yourself? Again, when the, you bring in new coaches, they have their they know some players from where they've come from, and that's just the nature of the beast, and people sure, have yeah. their, their players that they want to bring in, and so you, you move on. Yeah, you go with the flow. So, Okay, yeah. let's, let's take a break from your timeline and go to some general questions. Certainly. You've played for many teams. What team rituals have you experienced? 
you know, I, I don't know if there was actually team rituals. I know yeah. uh, uh, more athletes themselves have some crazy uh, rituals or more superstitions, yeah. I think, than rituals. Uh, you know, guys, um, mine, I didn't have anything crazy. Maybe the way I drove to a game one day or the time, if I had a good game, I would try to see if I can remember what time I went to the game and drove that way. I think I always, when I got dressed, I always put my left stuff on first. Yep. You know, that kind of stuff. Back when I was, before I was still in North America, I remember a goal at Jimmy Rutherford, who's gone on to be a Hall of Fame general manager in the NHL. He was, uh, as a goalie, the day he was starting from the morning skate, if you touched, like if you touched him, like hit his pad or said uh, um, he would have to take all his stuff off and get dressed again. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it was, that one always stuck out. And yeah, certain guys, you see them have to be either want to be the first on, last off, warm ups, that, that kind of, there's a lot of superstitions. Okay, next question then. All players have a favorite funny hockey story to tell. What's yours? Oh, funny hockey story to tell. Um, it would probably be now since I've uh, finished playing and I was playing with a tournament team back here and I, Got to the tournament and didn't have any skates. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's kind of uh, one of those things, you know, you play, you always had your stuff kind of you looked after or people packed it or it was always just in the dressing <laughs> yeah. room. And then all of a sudden I have to do it yourself, be a responsible uh, hockey player <laughs> and pack your own bag. And I don't know yeah. how. Yeah. And it was away. It wasn't like I was oh. 20 minutes away from my home or anything like that. I was a couple hours away at a tournament, this old timers tournament. And yeah, no skates. All right. Well, you guys got a coach now. Here we go. <laughs> you know, Ken, there's probably some other ones. Oh, um, I'll, I'll tell you uh, uh, my funniest story back in my junior days, my first year junior. Oh, yeah. I was playing with the Niagara Falls Flyers. Our coach, God rest his soul, Bert Templeton. He was a tough coach, but he was a good coach. He, he got the most out of it. He just knew how to... Back in the day, it was a way different coaching fraternity than it is now. But anyway, we were playing in Ottawa. Ottawa had a, a much a pretty good team. Now, we had a good team, too. We ended up going to the, the finals. But anyways, this game, we are getting blown out. We're in Ottawa, and I maybe had had one or two shifts the whole game. Yep. And I'll just say it's maybe 7-3 with a couple minutes left to go. And back in the day, Bert would put me out there with a couple of the create our heavyweights right and i was nervous then because i mean if they were going out there they were going out there to seek and destroy and <laughs> right if they're out there the other team's heavyweights are going to come out and i was yep. definitely not in that category right anyway i'm on the boards there and i'm gonna go over the boards and i go hey bert do you want a win or a tie and we're down we had like i don't know say a minute and a half left and we're down by four or five goals and i yeah. I asked Bert if he wanted a win or a tie, and he came down and grabbed me by the back of the thing and pulled me back into the bench, and that was it. I didn't even get on that shift. Oh, but right. He, uh, yeah, he wasn't too happy with that comment, <laughs> me going out there and in my minute and a half of glory to... <laughs> Which didn't happen. <laughs> bring us back. No, no, he was, yeah. yeah. Right. So that was, you know, 16 years old, and yeah. you learned to... Yeah, back then, a little disrespect and just keep your mouth shut and do what they say. That was the mentality back then. Yeah, as you say, a lesson learned. Yes, and the players now have a little more, oh, I shouldn't say a little more, have a lot more of a voice than uh, in our era, that's for sure. Right, okay. You didn't, uh, yeah, you didn't question anything. Gotcha, yeah. Okay, so 
Who was the best player you ever played with or played against? Wayne Gretzky. Really? Yeah? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's, you know, obviously not professionally, but junior, it was still amazing what he did. Yeah. So I guess I guess I have two, two answers. One, not professionally, minor hockey was, was I got to play with Gretz and Paul Coffey for some years, and they went on, obviously, their Hockey Hall of Famers. So was that on the same team then or against? Yeah, same team. Yeah. No, same team. Right. Yeah, yeah, we were, we were teammates. I played with a lot of good hockey players, but obviously those two, and well, Wayne, for sure, that's, he was just, just unbelievable. And then he went on to do what he was doing with us as 16 and 17-year-olds. He did that with, with grown men when he was 17, when he turned pro. Right. I, I play with so many good players and so many great guys. Yeah. I'll say one thing about my career hockey. I think there was only, obviously not going to name them, but only about two, two players that I really that stand out that weren't really good teammates. Okay, yeah. Every team I played on, they were just good, good lads too, good guys. Right, yeah. Okay. Let's move on then and um, let's go back onto your timeline. So after five seasons in Telford, you moved on to have a season with the Swindon Wildcats and then a season with the Guildford Flames, both as player coach. Were you planning to transition into full-time coaching? And what do you remember about your time at those two clubs? Um, yeah, there was always that uh, from when I finished playing, but I still love playing. And, and again, the, the player coach was a bit tough, but I also had it when I was in Swindon, that uh, Brian Larkin was more of a he kind of took over a bit more of the coaching role as well too. Oh, Lipper, yeah. Oh, no, no, sorry, not Lipper. Brian Larkin. Brian, uh, yeah, I know Brian. Yeah, Lipper had left that year to go to Manchester, I think. That's right, he did. Yes, with, uh, with Johnny Lawless. That's it, yes. So, uh, yeah, Swindon again, just, uh, yeah, we had a good team. We, uh, we were competitive. Another good town to play in. The Magic Roundabout, that kind of was uh, <laughs> right. an eye-opener. I remember that of Swindon, the Magic Roundabout. But again, you know, just uh, again, playing with some really good young British players. The time there, I just liked the, how the game was going along with the, the young kids, you know. Right. The goalies, uh, I mean, we're, we're getting... Well, the goalies all developed really quickly, I thought, because in the early days, they were getting 80 shots a game. Yeah. But just the, uh, the young kids, how they were coming along and, and developing was, was good for the game. Oh, absolutely. And they're still carrying on to this day with the Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the GB program is amazing you know how they've where they've gotten to and where they are competing in world championships now it's just fantastic sure yeah yeah what about your time at Guildford because you moved on from Swindon then to Guildford for your first stint at it I would probably say not to disrespect any of the other teams I played for organizations it was really pretty classly run yeah it was really close to kind of how you know some North American teams are run and and of course, we had success. Well, I had well, I had two two times there. One not so good, and then That's I had right. a. And then I, when I was under when I was there with Stan, um, we had a, just an amazing team that year. That's right. I'll actually come on to that a little bit later. Okay, but my first stint there, it was almost like back in uh, my when I was the player coach in Whitley Bay. Just kind of ran yeah. into that revolving doors. Couldn't get the right uh, imports. We just kind of struggled, and yeah, we looked like a good team, but we just. This didn't gel and, and didn't get the results on the ice. So Right, which happens from time to time, obviously. Yeah, it, it did. And, um, I think financial-wise, it was very well-backed, wasn't it? Yes. As you say, they, uh, they do have a quality club run by quality people. Yes, it was. And uh, with John Hepburn, and there was other people that were in the management position, it was, um, yeah, very well-run. 
Want more old time hockey? Connect with Ken now on Twitter at Old Time Hockey UK or on Facebook forward slash Old Time Hockey UK and visit OldTimeHockeyUK.com. Before we continue on your timeline, I sent a few messages out to some of your old teammates. <laughs> And here's what Fred Pellini had to say about you. Hi, Ken. In juniors, Wayne was a centre and one of the smoothest gifted skaters I ever played with. He always played with a passion and led by example of competitiveness on the ice. You didn't want to cross the line with him in bad games because he'd snap in a minute on you and tell you the way it was. I think he spent more time in junior blow-drying his long hair than I did (laughs) curling my afro. We still remain friends to this day. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> boy, oh boy, that's, he's nailed it. <laughs> yep, after the games back in the day, it's funny, and now we speak now, I've, I've got the COVID hair going. All right. <laughs> got the long hair, but yes, he's, I can't lie to that. He's standing there in the mirror and blow-drying my hair. Yes. <laughs> well, I also yeah. messaged former Peterborough Pirates teammate, Kenny McKee, but unfortunately, oh. he'd just broken his leg. I saw him in a cast there, yeah. Yeah, but he still sends you his best wishes. So, uh, obviously, it's uh, get well soon, Kenny. Yeah, get well soon. You know what? And I'll, um, that was probably the low, lowest part. That was my first year um, yeah. in Peterborough. But that was probably my lowest part of being a teammate. You know, with and Kenny, we had a game. I don't know what, what happened or what the – he's saying we're in a dressing room and I – and I had a go at Kenny. Yeah. Uh, went down, and I, yeah. So this day is one of those things that, you know, I, I remember that, unfortunately, for, you know, wrong reasons, but of, of all the good times that I uh, had over there, I always remember that as being probably, well, I shouldn't say probably was the worst moment I had as a teammate. Um, right. Yeah. With Kenny, because I tell you, he was, Kenny was one of the greatest guys, you know, I shouldn't say was, is. He was a great yeah. teammate, great teammate. And, uh, but again, that was back. We said earlier about my short fuse, and yep. it, it did me uh, some not great favors, and that was one of certainly a regret of being uh, of having that moment with a teammate. Sure. Well, I'm sure he's forgiven you by now. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I hope so. I I, I, I want to say that there was an apology back uh, in the the 20 years or 40 years yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, not that long ago, but. So, yeah, so Kenny, uh, if you do, uh, yeah, uh, I hope you have mended. And I know I've, I see him a little bit on Facebook, and he's an avid golfer. And I uh, hope he's the operation's success and he can play some golf pain free. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's move on to the 1997 98 season when you signed for the Bracknell Bees in the Super League. I mean, how did that come about? What's the story there? Well, again, that was so when I was in Guildford, and Dave Whistle and, and Robbie Stewart played in uh, Bracknell then. And so sometimes um, I would drive over there and practice with them, just extra skating and if they needed a body. And then the next year, yeah, I, was at, uh, I went and played for them. So that was at the part that uh, Super League, and I really enjoyed that because I was at the end of my career now. I'm getting close. To, I think I was 30, you're, you're 35. 35 then? Yeah. 35, yeah. 35. And um, the imports that were coming over were um, obviously younger, bigger, stronger. Um, yeah. You know, they had some. We had some guys that were first-round draft picks. There was a a lot of NHL games played throughout yep. the 
imports at that time in the in the league. So I really enjoyed it that I was able to compete with them because sure. I thought I was a bit nervous or um, taking on thinking I was not at that level anymore and couldn't uh-huh. uh, compete. But I, uh, yeah, you held your own. yeah, yeah, I did. I uh, I was uh, I was okay. I think it was a decent season for the bees because they finished in the in the league fifth. I made the quarterfinals in the playoffs and got to the final of the Express Cup, unfortunately losing to the East Scottish Eagles 3-2. So it wasn't a bad season for the team. No, it was a good season. That was a great hockey game too. That was, I remember that we, we played that up in Newcastle. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was a really, that was quite a hockey game, that, that cup final game with their, and they, that, they, they won everything that year, Air. That's right, they, they did. They won everything, yeah. Yeah, we're looking at the period scores. First period was 2-0 to air, then it was 2-1 to yourselves, and then it was 0-0 third period. So, yeah, that's, uh, it obviously went down right down to the wire, that one. Yeah, that was, it, was, it was. I remember that game. It was real good hockey game, like fast, and it was intense, and a lot of good battles, and yeah, good game. Sure, yeah. Okay, moving on again, and here's where we hit the short-lived <laughs> return to, to Telford. Oh. Again, John, yeah, Johnny Lawless was the coach there, and after nine games, there was an incident with some away fans, and they released you from your contract, I believe. Yes, and I, you know, I, don't, I didn't blame Johnny for that. I mean, he kind of had to. Was, I think I was given a 15-game suspension, 10-game. Oh, right, yeah, didn't know that. 10-game? I don't know how long it was, but it was, it was maybe eight, eight or 10 games? Yeah. So yeah, it was uh, yeah, it got a little bit. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a against home game. Paisley. It was yeah, a home game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You had a few words with the visiting fans. There was two things. So where we opened up our doors to go into our dressing room, right beside there was along in Telford the bottom there was bleachers that folded up, folded down. You know, yeah, to make uh-huh. seats like there's bench but bleachers. Sure. There already been the the little kerfuffle on the ice, and now I've been I'm I'm thrown out of the game. Yeah. So I'm leaving the ice. That the gate is open. And this guy's just coming unglued, and instead of just walking another five steps and be out of the way, I stopped, and I took a few steps up the bleachers with my in my skates and everything yeah. as I was going up to have a chit. I never got to that, but yeah, that's what happened. I was all right. You went up to have a word with him. I was in the stands, which <laughs> is pretty stupid. And uh, uh, you're not supposed to do that now. So that's what happened. And then there was a. a they said when I, I swung the door open, it hit somebody, and I was going to... Um, anyway, it, it, right. it, nothing, nothing uh, came of it apart from that was my departure from uh, Telford. From Telford, sure, yeah. yeah. You were out of the game for all of December without a club. So did you fly home? Did you stay, still stay in the UK? No, I stayed around. Yeah, all I right, stayed yeah. around. Because in January yeah. the following year, you got a call from Basingstoke Bison, didn't you? And you spent the, the next one and a half seasons with them. Yeah, so I had talked to Rick Strachan was there, and so yeah. that's why I didn't go anywhere, because, but I had to wait. Because of suspension. For my suspension to be up. Yeah. And still then, we're, in, we're only playing like one or two games a, mo- a week, so it takes a while for, well, it's a, it's a month for eight games if you play twice a week, right? Yeah. So I had to wait till my suspension was over. Yeah, it was another great experience. We had a, we had a good bunch of guys there, pretty good team. I mean, you know, teams that never, we didn't win. Well, we, we were successful in winning. We didn't have a losing. Yeah. We got to a final, I think. You in, got to the final of the bench and the hedges played. Hedges got, yes, that's it. Yeah. And that was against Slough. No, 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 that was the playoffs. Playoffs, we almost got to the finals in the... Yes, you, you got to the finals of the bench and the hedges played in your second season with them. And you beat Slough 5-1 in Sheffield. Yes. And that was on the big ice there, obviously, Sheffield Arena's massive ice. 
So do you mean, do you remember much about that game? Uh, actually winning silverware again? Yeah, I do remember. It was, uh, <laughs> you remember a lot more about the successful winning games than those losing ones. Oh, absolutely. But also you do remember the, the defeats as well. But um, yeah, it was uh, really exciting. Obviously, we were the, the matinee game before the big boys played after us. The, That's right. They yeah. were the, the cup, the Benson Hedges Cup. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was just, uh, you know, anytime winning is fun, right? And uh, to be there, and it was, you know, obviously a bigger crowd than we've ever played in front of uh, in, the, in the big arena there in Manchester. So yeah, it was just... Sheffield. It was in Sheffield. Or Sheffield, I mean. Sorry, it was Sheffield, yes. Yeah, I know you were just testing me on that. Yeah, yeah. But, uh... <laughs> Okay, so, I mean, generally, what were your favourite memories of uh, your time in Basingstoke? I think just, um, you know, being under uh, Strack's structure, I think he was, uh, yeah. I mean, there's a guy that pulled off the player coaching, because he played, too. He was still playing and coaching. All right. And, yeah, uh, yeah. so I, he would he would definitely be the poster boy for um, being able to handle them both at that time. He was, uh, he, he held both duties. Yeah. And um, he was good. He was fun to play for. We had a great bunch of... Uh, you know, good mixture again of the our imports and the, the yep. British guys, and yeah, I had some uh, good success there. It was strange enough; I, don't, I didn't know they had a a vote too. I I won uh, athlete of the I don't know what it was athlete of the year or something. Oh right, they had, yeah. a, they had a and I was like, what? <laughs> so I remember that being in Basingstoke. So that was quite a an honor of not knowing. Like I didn't know they voted for it. It was something. Yeah, I should I should be able to remember it, but I I anyway. It didn't come up in the research, unfortunately. So I can't. It was just can't a fun you year, you know. Strax sure. was just a—he was just a good guy to play for. It was just—it uh, was just a real fun couple of hockey years. Sure. Right. Well, let's move on to two thousand and two thousand one season, which was your final season in the UK when you moved on to captain the Guildford Flames in a treble-winning team. So, I mean, you played forty-one league games, yeah. uh, league and cup games. You were thirty-nine years old. I mean. How did you stay so fit to keep up with those guys? <laughs> yeah, well, it was just, uh, you know, the love, just love playing. And then I had that, it was my age was, became sort of a uh, um, factor to keep going. Like it was an incentive to, sure, to, to yeah. be able to, to be at that age and almost 40 and compete with the, the young kids and, and not just be a, a token player. I hope that I was still uh, contributing. And so, yeah, and again, it was just an amazing year of the, the team we had. I had had everything uh, an amazing goalie uh, just uh, you know and then obviously the, all the the hardware we had a pretty amazing year and then that was that was it it was all go out and on winning i guess that's the way we'll finish we'll wrap her up with that year sure yeah well to recap on that season the flames won the bnl league championship they won the Findus playoff championship and also the christmas cup to win a treble you would have won the grand slam but unfortunately lost the Benson and Hedges plate final to your old team, the Basingstoke Bison, again in Sheffield, and you went down there 3-2. So it, it could have been even better. Yeah, I mean, um, certainly, uh, it, it, yeah, I mean, it could have been the clean sweep, but it was um, certainly the most successful year as far as winning yeah. hardware, silverware, cups, whatever, um, in my time over there in one year, yeah. I think, well, three, I don't think I, I think I only won two in the other 12 years previous. So sure, yeah. it, was, it was certainly quite a year. But, you know, it was just, the, the winning is, was nice. It was, but it was just, a, again, the team that put the stand put together there was pretty good. I mean, good, good guys too, right? That's, you'll always hear people talk about uh, characters and good, and that's a, if you have that good gel as a, 
in the locker room, it usually will uh, show on the ice and, and in results. Yeah, I think that's essential, isn't it? You've got to have everything just right. The, everybody's got to get on with each other, work with each other. And if you've got talent as well, then it all comes together. And, you know, hopefully you should have a winning season. Yeah, I mean, it's not guaranteed. Uh, no. You know, and sometimes not all the, the talent wins, but there's the intangibles of, you know, just as you mentioned, and, and just being everybody buying into the same program. The goal is the team, not the individual stuff. And Absolutely. individual stuff will, it'll find their way. You'll, you'll get your accolades or you'll get your goals here and there. It will stick to the team thing, and that's, uh, that's the key. Sure, yeah. Okay, so at the end of the season, and now 40 years old, you decided to retire after playing 13 seasons in the UK. I mean, was that a planned decision or did you decide after the season had ended? Um, it was kind of a thought and then it was, the, the, it was time to, you know, I think at 40, to, that was, I had done my, my hockey thing and it was yeah. time to, to settle and, and that was, yeah, made the decision a little bit after the season and that was, that was it. It was over. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> Game yep. set start, match. start, finish, end. Yeah, sure. Okay, so um, there's just a few more questions to ask before we finish. But is there anything else you'd like to talk about that I haven't covered? Um, no, I, I mean, just to, uh, to, to, I guess, just to every place I did play, to every guy I played with, it was a, an honor. It was fun. I mean, I can't say enough good things about all the, the British uh, players I played with, the fans everywhere, how they treated you. Um, I, I think that's, you know, just to let everybody know that there wasn't a second that I wasn't enjoying my time over there as a hockey player. Okay, so what do you miss about not playing the game? I think just what I said. I miss, yeah. you know, you miss the guys, you miss the camaraderie of the, the room, you miss um, the competitiveness, you miss the, the adrenaline, you miss just everything that goes with it. And that was a, you know, it was a bit of a hard transition all of a sudden, and you just, you're just a guy in the in the world now, right? When the hockey's over, you're you're back to normality. Yeah, you're just a yeah, <laughs> you're just the guy. You're just the yeah. So that that's the thing. I think every single player would say that that's what they miss. Sure, and they do. To be honest, the amount of times that I've, uh, I think we've done about I don't know seventy odd podcast episodes now, and uh, with the exception of maybe one or two guys, everybody says the same thing. It is the dressing room. It is playing with the guys. So it's great to win trophies, but it's more important to have a dressing room and the banter and everything anything else yeah okay so before we conclude the interview what are you doing these days well i'm still working i work for a uh, i'm in the uh, auto trade industry i work for uh, honda canada all right okay i still play a little bit of definitely old timers hockey sunday mornings when you can remember to bring your boots when i make make sure the skates are in the bag <laughs> i i get out there yeah. and uh yeah that's uh that's Pretty much it. Just every, like everybody else, just, you know, day to day. Wayne or Reggie, it's been a real pleasure talking with you today. And thank you so much for coming on the Old Time Hockey UK podcast. Well, Ken, it's been a pleasure. I thank you for the time and uh, bringing back some great uh, hockey memories and uh, wishing you all the hockey world in the UK the best of holiday seasons and uh, best to everybody and their family. Thanks again. And I'll catch you later. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Cheers, Ken. Memories, insights, and anecdotes of hockey heroes. The Old Time Hockey UK Podcast. 
Well, thanks for a very enjoyable interview, Wayne. I wonder if that Russian monkey still remembers you. I bet the Russian KGB do. (laughs) We're now at 74 Old Time Hockey UK podcast episodes and all are available for free on Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or whichever podcast app you prefer. Have you visited our shop recently? We've just uploaded more vintage power plays, including some very early tabloid editions from 1991. There's also ice hockey news reviews, ice hockey annuals and other hockey books, plus UK hockey card sets and individual NHL player cards, all available in our shopping section. There's also t-shirts and sweatshirts too, all at giveaway prices. You'll find plenty of these goodies at www.oldtimehockeyuk.com forward slash NS. That's NS for new shop. Why not go check it out right now? It's shout out time. A massive shout out goes to my Patreon patrons. To Paul Blackburn, Tommy Ball, Oscar Brownsword, Rob Clayton, Colin Dunn, Susie Hatch, Sean Holland, John Hume Spry, Jim Murden, Jeff Povey, Chris Saddington, and, last but not least, Andrew Williamson. Thanks guys, you really help keep the show alive. It's much appreciated. In the last episode, we had to say goodbye to former Nottingham Panthers D-man Greg McDonald. Sadly today, we have to say another goodbye, this time to former Nottingham Panthers general manager Gary Moran. Gary had been associated with the Panthers since the early 1980s as a local news reporter, radio commentator, writer and then as general manager he oversaw the team's five playoff championships one league championship eight challenge cups and last season's 2021 elite series we send our deepest condolences to his family and friends rest in peace gary and thanks for all those memories if you enjoyed this interview please give it a five-star review on itunes all five-star reviews get a shout out on the show and finally a big thank you once again to Wayne Crawford for coming onto the show. And as always, a big, big thank you to you, the listener. And remember, if you'd like to hear from your hockey hero from the past, email me at othpuk at gmail.com. That's othpuk at gmail.com. And I'll see what I can do. Until the next time, I'm Ken Abbott, and I'll catch you later. Thank you for tuning into the Old Time Hockey UK podcast. If you enjoyed the show, we would be thrilled if you could head over to iTunes and leave a review and rating. If you would like to receive updates on future episodes, please join our mailing list at www.oldtimehockeyuk.com. Old Time Hockey UK. The puck drops now.